He'll step, he'll shoot, and he hits it at the buzzer. No time left, and the Rockets have won the game. We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am your co-host, Lashar Binkley. Always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops and my written work on SB Nation and the Dream Shake. As usual, before we get too deep into uh, last night's unfortunate loss, I want to let my co-host introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Vader. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Vader underscore H-Town. Um, mostly Rocket stuff. A little bit of uh, Astros, a little bit of Houston Texans. And speaking of Astros, unfortunately, it was a pretty bad night for Houston sports all around. Uh, of course, the Astros blew a five-run lead, something I never would have thought I would see in a million years. But I guess I shouldn't have been too surprised because Verlander hasn't been great in World Series. Um, so it was just a bad night all around. As, of course, the Rockets lost as well. They came close a few times, but they were really never in the game, which was surprising. I mean, we kind of talked about this in a previous podcast where, yeah, we expected them to lose against teams like Milwaukee and, you know, they lost other games that we weren't exactly shocked that they lost Memphis, Atlanta. I mean, those are all playoff teams, teams you expect to be good this year. But this was the first game where I was like, okay, this is the game where, yes, you're not going to be a playoff team this year, but you should win this game. I mean, I know Portland is better this year, but no Damian Lillard. They have a, uh, other than Nurkic, they have other young players, just like the Rockets do, and Simons and um, Shaden Sharp and players like that. But the Rockets still somehow managed to lose last night game. And the number one reason to me was defense. And before we get too far into it, I kind of want to show a graphic of what I'm talking about here. This kind of this is kind of going back to last year on how the Rockets were playing. I mean, as you see in the graphic again, the Rockets actually aren't dead last in points allowed per game, but they're still towards the bottom of the league. Um, they're still towards the bottom of the league in turnovers. And surprisingly, they're the next next to the worst team in the league when it comes to fast break points, which is something another thing we talked about earlier uh, in the year was the Rockets should be a much better fast breaking team. But I think it all goes back again to turnovers. Rockets didn't have a ton of turnovers last night, but the problem was that two people that handled the ball, or two out of three people that handled the ball most for the Rockets, both had five turnovers in KPJ and Eric Gordon. Um, so as you see, all this stuff kind of ties together. If you turn the ball over, it's kind of hard to get on a fast break because you're giving up points on the other end by the team being able to get easy baskets. So you're taking the ball out of the basket every single time, and that's exactly what happened last night. It wasn't the fact that they had a lot of turnovers last night. It was the type of turnovers. I mean, it was the turnovers, live ball turnovers, where Portland was able to get out on the fast break and get easy layups and easy dunks. And, again, the Rockets weren't able to get on the fast, out on the fast break. And as we all know, the Rockets aren't a good half-court team. I mean, they probably won't be a good half-court team for most of the year. So if they're not getting out on the fast break, then they don't have a really good chance of winning, especially when – they have absolutely nobody that can handle Nurkic. And this was the type of game uh, where I would have thought Boban may have gotten in, which I was kind of surprised that he didn't because they had nobody that could stop Nurkic. I mean, he was 12 for 17 from the field. He did whatever he wanted in the paint. And it just kind of all added up to the Rockets never really being in the game and really never had a chance to even um, – never really had a chance to even 
contend to even win the game yesterday. So what's some of the things that you saw yesterday, um, Vader, from last night's loss? All right, man. <clears throat> I'm gonna try to hold it together because, as you know, last night was a tough. Uh, it was a tough night, man. Like I didn't sleep good. I got up this morning grouchy. I was like, I'm not watching sports anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be a sports fan anymore. Like Houston, yeah. Houston has. Uh, we've gone through so much as a city in regards to disappointment and, and watching uh, what happened on the field last night. It just gave me shades of uh, so many other things. Like, I don't yeah. even want to name one particular thing because we could go through a laundry list of Houston disappointments and oh, like yeah. big games and, play, and playoff situations over the years. And so, like, we, we won't do that. Maybe maybe another episode one day we could kind of, like, uh, recap some of the uh, worst moments in Houston sports history. Yeah, we could fill a whole <laughs> show on that, yeah. We could, yeah, that would be, like, several <laughs> hours, you know what I mean? But um, So I got up this morning and I'm like, man, what happened? Like, what is going on? And... Um, one of the first things that kind of came to my mind, too, was like, and you said it, um, and I don't want to see Boban play. Don't get me wrong. I do not want to yeah. see Boban play. Let me make that perfectly clear. I <laughs> never want to see Boban play unless we're up by like 20 points and the game yes. is almost over. However, if you tell me that you put Boban in the game, uh, the previous games against Utah for matchup purposes against uh, Kessler, who is a rookie, and who is not, yes. he's not as big as he's not as big as Nurkic. <laughs> yes. If you're telling me that's a matchup problem, uh, why was last night not a matchup problem? Why didn't we see Boban touch the floor last night? And like I said, yeah. I'm not advocating uh, the play of Boban, uh, not at all. But like when you try to, when you're trying to explain to me why you're doing certain certain things, and I'm trying to make sense of certain things uh, rotation wise, and then when I when I compare it to uh, this game and, and and then this game, there does not seem to be any like consistency, right? So that that stuck out to me. Um, Jalen Green, who you know, um, he's one of my favorite players in, in the league. I, I very highly of him. I think that he is going to be a superstar in, in this game. I think he has everything that you that you are going to want in a, in a superstar and a, a face of the franchise type player. But we can be honest, y'all. He did not have a good game last night. In fact, last uh, two games. Yeah. Last two games. I mean, um, I see people on Twitter acting like we're shying away from the conversation. It's, it's not really shying away from it. You don't want to overreact to a couple of yeah, bad yeah. games, right? It's, you know, I think they a lot of people are like, hey, you have all this energy for, like, this player and this player, but why are you, um, you know, babying Jalen Green? We're not babying Jalen Green. Jalen Green has not played well the last couple games. Uh, last night was a situation where I saw something a little, I saw some things that I didn't like. So I will say like in some of the previous games, if he had a bad shooting game, I'm like, okay, that's a good shot. You know, I yeah. take that shot every time. Last night, on the other hand, he took a few shots and I'm like, that was not a good shot, bro. You got to, um, you know, either uh, he pulled up too fast on, on some, on some mid ranges where he could have like played with a little bit more pace and got a little bit deeper into the paint, got a little bit closer and then shot that mid range. Cause it was like, there was one in particular that's coming to my mind. I don't remember what quarter it was in, but, it was super contested. I'm like, that is a that is a very, very difficult shot. And he could have gotten a better shot. And then there were a few three-pointers that he kind of took early in the offense. And I just thought that those were not great shots. So I, I was not happy with um, some of the things that he did in the game yesterday. But that's he's, he's 20 years old, right? And he's yeah. learning. Um, and this is stuff that they are supposed to, like, after the game, let's look at it. Let's, let, let's look at the film. Come on, JG. Let's look at the film. I know that you can make that. You're 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 a supreme talent in this league. We know you can make that. Uh, that's a good shot for you. But here's a better shot. 
and then you kind of teach, you teach. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping is going on because, you know, it, it, it kind of, it, it looks, it looks, it looks a little iffy right now. Like we don't know. We, we're not well, sure. Let me ask you right quick, uh, just not to interrupt you, but let me ask you, do you think that him not getting foul calls is affecting him as far as wanting to go to the basket? Cause he only shot two free throws last night. And it was several times where he got hammered, like on the one, where he crossed over the defender and went strong to the basket for the dunk and they didn't call the foul call. Do you think that kind of can affect his psyche as far as when his shot's not falling, he still doesn't want to try to take it to the basket? Because you you would think that's what you want him to do. If his shots are not falling from the outside, you want him to try to take it hard to the basket. But if he's not getting foul calls, do you think in his mind he's thinking, well, what's the point of trying to go to the basket if I'm getting hammered and not getting a foul call? And first of all, interrupt me anytime, Lashard, because I like I like that. Interrupt me, so let's let's have a conversation. Yeah. Um, I want Silas to say something, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and like I, I coach. You know, I don't coach at this level, nowhere near this level. Let's just let's just make that clear. But if yeah. I feel like my players are like at a, are are being like, um, you know, they're not getting a fair whistle or there's something going on on the floor, I'm going to say something. Like, yeah. um, I'm not saying that he needs to get thrown out of the game, but every now and again, maybe we can hurt. Maybe every <laughs> now and again we need to get two technicals and we need yeah. to get thrown out of the game because this is getting absurd. It's ridiculous. The amount of fouls that go unwhistled against Jalen Green when he goes to the basket is absurd. Like this man yeah. last night, and we saw, we saw it at the beginning of last year when against Oklahoma City. When he had that like amazing, he's about to have this like really amazing poster dunk, and yeah. the dude hit him all like on the on the forearm, and there was no whistle. And this <laughs> was shades obvious. of there. Yeah. this was shades of the same situation. And uh, like, how how much more can a person take? And in fact, I think Jalen Green needs to start. Like, I, I don't I don't want him to like develop this reputation as a high head or anything. But like, you gotta say something, bro, because this is it's absurd how often he gets fouled and nobody calls yeah. anything but as far as what you were saying um yeah it's human nature i'm going to the basket um they're bumping me all the way to the rim i'm not getting these hand checks and then when i get to the rim i'm getting met by the, this this defender who hammers me and i'm not getting a foul call so yeah i, I think um uh, psyche wise and and mentally yeah I, I do think it plays a, a part in him going to the basket because you do see that he got a little bit less aggressive um going to the rim over the course yeah. of the game yeah, and I mean, like you said, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. I mean, if you're doing something over and over again and you're not getting rewarded for it, eventually you're going to be like, what's the point of continuing to do it? And basketball players are the same way. If I'm going to the basket over and over again, at some point I'm going to be like, okay, why would I try that method if it's not going to work for me? I'm just going to continue to try to make the shots from outside, and that's kind of what happened. Because um, like you said, we saw that uh, – probably the first couple months of the year, Jalen Green just wasn't getting the uh, foul calls. And at the time we thought, okay, well, it's because he's a rookie and rookies don't get foul calls. Most rookies don't get foul calls. But it's kind of continuing into this year where, I mean, it, it's not like he's not taking it to the basket. I mean, he's taking it to the basket, but only having two free throw attempts in the entire game is kind of is kind of insane when you think about it, as much as Jalen Green was going to the basket. I mean, overall, the Rockets got 21 free throws. The Blazers got 20. But at the same time, the Rockets were a lot more aggressive going to the basket. It's just that they weren't making their shots. I don't know exactly what it is as far as is it just a reputation of the Rockets, why referees don't tend to give the Rockets the same whistle. I mean, it could be a multitude of things because, like I said, 
players are human beings. Refs are human beings. Refs see tendencies. Refs know what teams are good and what teams are bad. And they're going to say, for instance, give Golden State calls that they're not going to give the Houston Rockets. I mean, that's just the way it is because the Rockets aren't a great team. I mean, we saw it when James Harden was here. And we're Rockets fans. So we know that not every time James Harden went to the basket, he was getting foul calls. But James Harden had the reputation, so he was getting those calls. For some reason, Jalen Green isn't going to get those same calls, even in his second year. Maybe that changes in his third, fourth, fifth year when he is an all-star or whatever the case is. But right now, we know he's not getting it. Um, you, know what I think he, you know what I think he's going to have to do? Um, and I, I kind of noticed this over the years with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook would get fouled a lot going to the basket, too. But he was, like, super fast, right? He's going to the yeah. basket. It's all explosion. It's all speed. And the refs missed a lot of those free, free throw uh, situations for him where yeah. they he got hammered and they didn't call anything. And I think Jalen is also like one of those like super athletes who's going to the basket at warp speed and it's That's hard to slow referee. Down. He's hard to referee. Um, yeah. I will give him that, but not not last night. Like that that foul call that we were talking about, that's obvious. But I'm just saying yeah. in general, when he's going to the basket, I think he's hard to referee because he's moving at a speed that they are not accustomed to seeing, even though they're watching some of the best athletes in the world. So I think, um, and you saw I made that video about him needing to add that mid-range to his game, uh, some kind of floater or push shot. Floater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like, here's, that all all comes in a package of learning how to play with the pace. He can't go, he can't like, and I'm going to make a baseball reference, unfortunately, because, you know, the Astros lost, I don't want to talk about that, but uh, you can't throw your fastball all the time, right? Like if you throw your yeah. fastball every single pitch, they know they that figure it out. the pitcher's looking for fastball. You can't throw your fastball every pitch. You can't throw that fastball in the same location every time. You got to yeah. change. You got to change the hitter's eye level. You got to do some different things. And so, like he has to. It's imperative if he wants to become the player that he he's capable of becoming. He's gonna have to put some of that John Moran in his game. John Moran is 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 super fast as well, athletic. Yeah. Jump, he can jump out of the gym, but John Moran has a pace. When he runs a pick and roll, he knows how to set that defender up. He knows how to get that defender on his back or, or, yeah. or what to do when that defender is next to him. And that's what Jalen Green's going to have to do. And, and then when he does get into the paint and he does make those deep penetrations, you know, you, you he's going to have to learn how to use his body. I know he's not a big dude right now. You know, Harden, Harden was built for that. Harden was 230 pounds. He's built to take a, yeah. you know, take some contact and then try to go up. But at the same time, like, we can't be shying away from contact. And I think him and Kevin Porter Jr., like, they need to really figure out how they can get these guys to understand that when you're going to the basket, you need to use your body and you need to draw that contact and then try to finish. And and, and maybe we will get more whistles if they start doing some of those things. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. They got to, they got to perfect the, the head snap and the, the semi-flop. I mean, and let's screen. just be honest. That's how you – yeah, that's I mean that's just how you get foul calls in the NBA because just going strong and you know standing up that doesn't get you foul calls in the NBA. Unfortunately, I mean I would love not to see players flopping all over the floor, but that's what gets you foul calls at the end of the day. So that's something that the the Rockets gonna have to learn. Um, and another thing the Rockets gonna have to learn is defense because I hate to keep harping on this every single game, but. My guy, it runs me crazy watching the Rockets play defense. They still have a lot of miscommunications. They still, like the first half, they there's no reason you should be getting outworked when you're a bunch of 19, 20-year-olds on the court. And we saw Portland, Chauncey Billups, whatever you want to say about Chauncey Billups, he had them playing hard the entire game, especially in the first half. But the Rockets, 
I mean, I don't know. It just didn't seem like they were given the same effort that Portland was given. You're going to get outshot. You're going to sometimes not make shots. I mean, your your shots are not going to be falling some games. I mean, that happens. But you can't get outworked on the on the offensive and defensive end as far as giving effort. And the Rockets just didn't seem to give enough effort last night in that first half. The second half was better, and that's how they got back in the game. But the first half, they just was not giving the effort that you should give every single game when you're basically 19, 20 years old. You have all the energy in the world. And you're talking about effort, and and they executed. I mean, let's be honest. Without yeah. Damian Lillard on the floor, Portland is not very, very, not a very old team. Um, yeah. You know, other than Nurkic, like a lot of those guys. I mean, Simons has been in the league for a little while, but he's still a he's not still that long, yeah. he, he just got his second contract, right? Shade and Sharp. Yeah. Shader, come on, man. Like I don't even want to talk about Shade Sharp. That's gonna make me mad. <laughs> I was talking to some people in a in a group chat, and I'm like, the fact that Shaden Sharp looked looked like a better player than JG last night pisses me off because yeah. I, you know, and no disrespect to Shaden Sharp because I do know that you know at some point in time he was the number one ranked player in his class. I'm not trying to disrespect that man. He he can jump out of the gym. I saw his head above the rim last night on a couple of those slam dunks that he had. We know he can shoot. Uh, he's he's a very talented dude. However. The fact that he, the fact that he looked so good, they had, they, they were running a system, and he was playing within the system. He didn't do anything super flashy, but he was put in a position to display and show off his talent. And yeah. I, it's just, it's just, it's just frustrating. I know we're early in the season, and I, I know there's a lot of basketball left to be played. I know these guys are going to get better. I, I do genuinely believe that. It's just like when you watch another uh, team full of young players. And they're actually out there and they're running something that looks like some semblance of uh, an offense that makes sense to you. And then you look at what we're doing and it's just like, why can't we why can't we do that? Well, last night, like I said earlier, this was the first game where I consider it a bad loss. That's the game you should win if you're making progress. And maybe they'll win these games later in the year. But we're not the type of podcast that's going to overreact to stuff. So I'm not going to overreact to one game, but that's the type of game that you should win last night. I wouldn't expect them to win the other games. Let's just be honest. So I wasn't surprised or shocked or mad or anything like that. But this is the type of game that it's really no excuses. You got Shangoon back. You got Tate back. They're playing without Tamian Lillard, one of the top 10, 15, whatever players in the league. And even though Simons has been in the league a few years, he's still a really young player. And he was just basically doing whatever he wanted to do on the court. But what you did see is when you have a stable go-to player like they did with Nurkic last night, that makes all the difference in the world. Because when their offense broke down, what did they do? They give the ball to Nurkic. And he caused the Rockets to scramble all over the court. But the Rockets just didn't have that. I mean, as much as I like Shangoon, I mean, Shangoon's been kind of disappointing this year so far. I mean, I know he's been out with the sickness, and I know that takes some time to get back from, but um, he just really didn't have any type of impact at all last uh, last night to where we were like, oh, okay, that's the Shane Goon I remember. And then Kevin Porter Jr. was fine on the offensive end, actually gave effort on the defensive end, so I do want to give him credit for that, but you can't have five turnovers as well. You can't have more turnovers than assists. I mean, we defend Kevin Porter Jr. all the time on this podcast, but you can't have more turnovers than assists. And Eric Gordon, he was fine on offense, don't get me wrong, but my guy, he had five turnovers last night, and he probably should have had more. Um, if you really look at the game, you go back and look at the game, um, it, it's really to the point now where I'm not even sure why they're still starting Eric Gordon every single game. Um, if you still want to play him, that's fine, because he's still on the roster. But 
there's really no reason to continue to start him every single game because when he's in there, the offensive flow is just completely off. The ball kind of just stops with him. Even when he does get assist, it's because he's dribbling four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, and then he might finally get somebody open. It's not really any type of offensive flow with Eric Gordon starting the game. So I don't really understand that. Like I say, I don't understand why you don't play Boban last night, but you play him against Kessler. So it's some rotation things I didn't understand. So it's a lot of things they need to clean up before they go into that fingers game because if they don't, this is the type of game they can easily get beat by 30 points. Um, they've been in most of all these games so far this year, but you can't have these same type of mistakes. Even though Phoenix has been struggling, they still they still have Devin Booker. They still have Chris Paul. They still have Aiden. They still have Mikael Bridges. They still are a really good team at the end of the day. So there's a lot of things that the Rockets are going to have to clean up if they have any chance at all to beat Phoenix. And I'm glad you said all of those things, especially like before you even before you even got into all of the things that you that you uh, took note of. Like, yeah, yeah we, we're, we're not an overreactionary we're, like neither. Neither of us. I like I don't overreact to stuff like maybe as I'm watching it. Sometimes I do because that's just how I am. Like I get emotional. I, I'm a big sports fan, huge sports fan. So when I'm as, as I'm watching the game. Yeah. And then after I sit back and I rewatch some things and I think about what happened. Like I'm able to, you know, like be more calm and objective about it. But like these are these are legit observations. Everything that you said, like I don't think is overreactionary. I think these are just observations, and we do have a responsibility to make those observations. We can't just come yeah. on here and be like, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> rah rah, cheer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, everything no. <laughs> is perfect. So, you know, like I, we're trust me, trust me, guys and 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 ladies, whoever's watching. But like we're not trying to overreact. It's, it's still early in the season, but like these are just things that we're noticing. And um, yep. like even even Dacia Knicks, like he went three for four yesterday from the three point line. But yeah. I'm 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 still I'm still questioning his 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 position in the uh, rotation over Josh Christopher because when he is in the game, I do not see him actually running point guard like and and like well, if, you, if you're gonna have him in if you're gonna have him in the rotation over Josh Christopher, I'm expecting him to be like the facilitator in the offense who's like running point guard. And there yeah, are so he's a many shooting times. guard. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. They have him in the like. We have a better shooting guard on the bench. Like you, can, <laughs> you can sell me on the fact that Deshaun Nix is playing over Josh Christopher because we need a point guard to run that second unit. But you cannot yeah. sell me on the fact that Deshaun Nix is in the game playing a shooting guard, essentially a, a shooting guard's role. When we have a guy on the bench who, to me, and and I think uh, most people would agree, like. Josh Christopher is just a superior player. If, if we're talking like shooting guard, shooting guard, he, you know, he, he can get to the basket. He, I don't mean, I, I don't want to get into everything because I, I don't want to disrespect Nation Knicks, but I, I just, there seems to be something going on with that Josh Christopher situation. And I just hope that it resolves itself eventually. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, they haven't really, since they've been on a road, we really haven't had a chance to, talk to coach Silas after practice, which is where you really kind of learn what's really going on. It's not really after post games or pregame. It's really during practice and shoot arounds where you can really see what's kind of going on, but they've been on the road so much and they will be on the road so much. It's going to be kind of hard to find out exactly what's going on, but it must be something as far as he just, Silas is, I mean, and most coaches are really big on trust. So if they don't trust the player, even though the player may be a better player, they're not going to play that player. And I think that's what's coming down to why you still see Eric Gordon playing 30 minutes a game. I, whether I agree with it or not, it's not about whether I agree with it. It's just the fact of the matter is that he must trust 
other players more than Josh Christopher for whatever reason. Maybe eventually we'll get that answer, but it has to be why he keeps getting DMPs after having a pretty good year last year and kind of building on it towards. I mean, I know summer league. I know what happened with that. I know they weren't happy with the way he was playing. And I mean, heck, they were even commenting on it during the game that they were they wanted to see something different from Josh Christopher. But like you said, if Knicks is going to be on the court, Knicks needs to be running the team. I mean, it makes, really makes no sense for him just to be on the court. It was a similar situation to last year when um, when Dennis Schroeder was still here. They would have Dennis Schroeder on the court with Knicks, which made absolutely no sense because Knicks is not a shooting guard. Yes, he shot three for four from last night, but I can pretty much guarantee you can't count on that every single game. Knicks needs to, if he's going to be on the court, he needs to be out there running the offense. And for whatever reason, they just don't trust Josh Christopher enough in the last couple of games to even have him on the court. Maybe that changes his next game because, like I said, last night game was the first game I could say was a disappointing game because you should you had every re, every reason to win last night's game and to come out and pretty much give no effort in that first half. I don't know. It's just like you said, That's we're not over, we're not overreactionary people, but at the end of the day, we are. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to tell you when they're not playing well. And last night they didn't play well, whether it was the fourth game of the season or the 81st game of the season. Somebody t- somebody told me a joke uh, a few days ago. They were like, Dacia Nixon must look like Chris Paul in practice or something. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, laugh because it's like, he must be yes. like, in practice. Uh, bro must be killing it for real. It's the Viper stuff. I mean, honestly, they're, they're based on a lot of it on, and not to say that he's not doing well in practice, but they're based on a lot of it on how he looked with the Vipers. I mean, he looked like a world beater with the Vipers. And I never I disagree. I agree with that. Yeah. And if, if, yeah. if that's the Deshaun Nix you want, you have to give him that same same role. No, he's not going to be like the number one option, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, put the ball in his hands and let's see what yeah. he can do. Because, like I said before, I think in the previous part, I don't think he's going to get another opportunity like the one he's getting right now. He's he's yeah. he's cemented in, in this rotation early in the season. And I think that he is – in my opinion, I mean, obviously, coach's opinion matters more. Uh, but in my opinion, I don't feel like he's done anything to like solidify himself in that role just yet. No, I mean, and maybe last. And honestly, I, I I do think it's about confidence with him. I think he can carve out a role in the NBA. It it probably it'll maybe never be as a starter. It may never be as a twenty-five minute night guy. It may even never be a six-man role. But he can carve out a role. But it just seemed like early on it was about confidence. And when you don't have confidence, especially as a player that doesn't get 30 minutes a game and you're only getting 10 minutes a game and you don't have the confidence, you're going to look bad. And that's what was happening early in the year. Maybe going three for four from the from the court uh, field last night, maybe that helps him kind of going forward to where he actually looks better on the court. But like you said, it's also the coaching staff putting him in the right position because – if he's out there standing out on the wing in the corner, just you know, waiting for the ball to come to him, he's not going to look good because that's just not his game. He's never been a high volume, high accuracy type three point shooter. Um, he's not. That's just not his game. So the coaches have to put him in a better situation, and hopefully, going forward, that he maybe he'll get that because right now you're playing him over Josh Christopher, who I mean, he was one of your first round draft picks. And he was playing a pretty significant role towards the end of last year. So now you're not even playing at all. That definitely sticks out. So you better make it work with Dacia Nix or it's going to look really bad to why you're not playing Josh Christopher um, at the end of the day. Uh, before we wrap up the show, um, I want to kind of give you a thought. Uh, 
want you to give your thoughts on the next game against the Phoenix Suns and kind of what you see the keys are to them actually staying in the game and may, maybe actually be able to pull off an upset. Well, I think, obviously, they need to lock in defensively. We need to figure yes. out, like, what is, the, what is the defensive philosophy of this team? Because um, I know we, we've been running a lot of drop coverage, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I can't stand. <laughs> and I kind of feel like the way that our team is 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 comprised right now, you know, other than a few guys like Shingun, for example, like you were talking about, like Shingun. Last night was like a frustrating game to watch because I saw like a lot of the things that you know, as far as the post ups and being able to score in the paint, like his yeah. his passing has not been what it was last year. And then obviously defensively, he's he's probably going to be limited like forever um, if we're being yeah. honest. But um, as far as like I was saying before and before I got, before I got sidetracked with Shingun, but like the defense, like we have to play better defense. There has to be like some consistency and effort. Like you were saying, like the effort, um, the effort waned yesterday. We had no effort. Then we had effort and we didn't have, you know, effort. Like that can never be something that is negotiable on this team. Uh, they're not yeah. good enough. They're not good enough not to play hard. They're not good enough not to play with effort. They're not good enough exactly. to uh, take a team for granted. Like we, we're not good enough to play Portland and be like, oh, these are just the Trailblazers. You know, just roll just the ball out there. Yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> we just gonna come out here and hoop. Like, no, nah, we're not. We're not there. We are not there. Even when we had good teams, you saw like you take this is the NBA. You take any team for granted, they can beat you. And yeah. and that was when we had like teams that had championship aspirations. This team, we have no aspirations to like even make the plan. So like they, they cannot go out there against another uh, opponent who they think is like beneath them or on their level yeah. and, and not go out there with the focus and intensity to try to do anything they can in their power to win that game. That, that has to change. I think against a team like Phoenix who they know is good, we probably will see some more effort because we did see it against Atlanta. We did see it against um, Memphis. Memphis. However, yeah. as the losses pile up, and you know this as the losses pile up, will the will the effort will the effort still be there? I mean, it's kind of human nature. What do you think? Like, I, I, it's kind of human nature. It's like, yeah. man, I'm I'm playing hard. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, and I'm not being rewarded for. It. We had that conversation earlier about the foul calls. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's some, one of the reasons why um, I've never believed in tanking. I don't think players will ever do this as much as fans want to think that players are just out there. Like, okay, you know what? I would love for somebody to come take my spot next year. So I'm just going to purposely not win games. And the coach think, ah, well, you know what? I really don't like my job too much. I don't really like having a salary. So I'm going to purposely go out here and make crappy lineups and not and not make or the correct play calls so I can lose games on purpose. They're not, they don't think that way. Front offices, I, you know, whatever happens with them, of course they want the best players in the future. So that's a whole nother story. Um, but coaches and players are never going to think, okay, I want to lose game. So once you continually continuously lose games and continuously be bad every year, that gets in a player's head, like you said. And they, and they may not subconsciously they may not give the same effort they gave in game four and and game sixty when they are already twenty, thirty games under five hundred. So at the end of the day, you you have to make progress and win some of these games. Uh, like you said, the Rockets probably not going to be competing for a play-in spot this year. But you don't want to be another 18-20 win team this year. You want to so, show some type of progress. And young players especially um, don't want to continuously lose every single game because they may not die for that ball 
of you know two three months from now if they're not winning they may they may not run uh pick and roll as hard as they should uh roll to the basket as hard as they should if they're continuously losing so yeah they need to see these these games they need to see wins as well it's just like when you're shooting during a game and you're not making shots you need to see a shot fall eventually or you're going to get to the point where you're going to stop taking those shots so they need to come out and play hard at the very least against phoenix more than likely they're not it's yeah. imperative that they do yeah. these things, which are because we keep talking about, oh, we're going to bring this free agent in. We have all this money. We're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. What free agent come. is going to come to Houston if we do not look like we're competent at the very yeah. least? Like, exactly. it, it's not like you said, it's not all about wins and losses, but like they're they're not doing things that even look competent a lot of times in the game. And I know like uh, 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 Phoenix, Phoenix, now that we're playing Phoenix, perfect example. Um, and we talked about this uh, the previous part, I believe. But like Chris Paul saw, oh, okay, I might be the missing piece. I might be that yep. person that can put them over the top. And he saw that because um, towards the end of the season, they started to actually look like a functioning team. And so we still have a lot of time. We can still get there. Let me, don't get me wrong. Phoenix was not that good uh, at the beginning of that season. There, there was a progression. Um, you know, eventually we need to start seeing that progression, and, and I hope it happens. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, it, it has to start somewhere. And, and we did see a little bit of that against other playoff teams. So maybe we'll see that against Phoenix. But again, with any young team, with any team that wants to win, it's all about consistency. It's all about doing the little small things. It's all about rolling hard on the pick and roll. It's all about getting out on your man on the defensive end. It's about not missing assignments. So eventually you have to start seeing those things from the Rockets. So Maybe, you know, maybe as the, the season goes on and they get out of this really rough stretch of game where they they have when you're on the road, you get no practice time. I mean, you may do a little bit of, you know, some shoot arounds before the games, but you have no practice time and the Rockets need all the practice time they can get. And so them not having any of those you know games where they can actually go out there and practice during the early part of the season is going to be a real damper on them being able to progress and move forward uh, before we wrap up the show. I just want to let everybody um, uh, give you the opportunity to, again to kind of let everybody know where they can find your content. Um, I'm at Vader underscore H Town, and that is on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok for your Houston Astros, Houston Rockets, Houston Texas yeah. related news. And on that note, uh, as we wrap up the show, hopefully the Astros will get a win tonight because if not, man, it's going to be a long Houston sports weekend. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's gonna be a already, long sports I'm already weekend. getting there, Lashard. Like I'm, I'm gonna, you're gonna see, uh, like I'm gonna go emo probably. Because <laughs> uh, of course we have the Rockets against Phoenix uh, tomorrow. Uh, who did the Texas play tomorrow? Because I haven't even. I don't even know, man. I, I don't. Uh, see, I, I, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even focus on the Texans right now. And, and cause, cause Davis Mills, Davis Mills made me mad, and so like I, I, I didn't even look at the schedule. After the last game, so I, yeah. I so e- e- either way, it could be a very long Houston sports weekend if we don't start getting some wins. So hopefully the Astros can pull one out tonight. Uh, tonight, well, we'll see how that goes. But we thank everybody that joins us every single uh, week. Um, we're actually going to be start trying to get more of these podcasts in uh, throughout the week. We may have another one coming on Monday, recapping the Phoenix Suns game. Uh, as you see, we're going to try to make them a little bit shorter um, as we try to get more podcasts in every week. We appreciate everybody that joins us every single podcast joins us on youtube uh, checks us out on spotify 
uh, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate everybody that's joining us as we continue to try to put out uh, great content every single week. And make sure you join us for our next podcast um, of Rockets Fuel. And as usual, um, go Astros. All right. Y'all have a good weekend. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.